Hello, and welcome back to the show. This is Evolving with Nicole Sylvester, and I'm Nicole. And today we have someone joining us, and it's my friend Susie Agalopoulos. If you don't already know Susie or you haven't seen her somewhere online or even in my own stories when I've been with her, I want to let you know about her before you listen in. Susie is a top mentor to women that are ready to grow their Airbnb business. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. This blew my mind. Susie teaches women how to make money on Airbnb without ever owning a property. You're about to hear all about that process. I did not know that was a thing until I met Susie. So Susie is a top mentor to those who want to create passive income with Airbnb. After successfully building a seven-figure business while traveling to 49 countries, she has inspired and helped hundreds of women escape the nine-to-five through her program, The B&B Method. Now, even if you have no interest in starting an Airbnb business and you happen to press play on this, I want to let you know that there's so much more to this episode than Airbnb. We talk about the power of confronting yourself. Susie brings up what really contributed to her success, not only in Airbnb, but with her online business. And she talks about changing the dynamics within her family, healing family communication situations. We talk about following your passion and the power of the people in your circle. There's a lot here. Now, I also want to share something just because you may not catch it from listening to the podcast, but this episode was actually really special because we recorded this in a Zoom room with other people. So I invited the women of my coaching collective into this conversation. They had an opportunity to ask questions. You don't hear the questions here. In fact, they didn't ask questions. They just wanted to listen in. I do have some community questions from my Instagram and from my email. So I asked them along in this episode. So you're going to hear those answers. But I want to let you know, like, The collective has been something I'm just doing for three months. I wanted to give it a try, put so much content, host these live sessions. We have an upcoming energy tune-up that happens on the first Monday of every month. And then we have a whole other set of calls, live sessions, guests in November and October. So this is something that you can still get into. And in fact, when you get in, you get to see everything and have access to everything that's been added through September. And just in September alone, there are 10 different trainings, energy sessions, meditations, like there's a lot there. And so far, the feedback has been phenomenal. And I've had such a good time running it. Now, the other thing I want to let you know is that there are four spaces left for the Bali retreat. The Bali retreat is in February. So if you want to give yourself this gift as a Christmas gift, a new year, new you kind of vibe, if it's something that you're like, this is a bucket list trip, I've always wanted to go. And I don't want to just go to Bali, like I want to go to Bali and elevate my entire life. I want to invite you to join us. That is happening. And there's four spots left. Now, because I've I've talked to so many people about Bali, whether it's been in my DMs on Facebook or Instagram, People have emailed me and so many women can't go either. They can't leave and travel for that long, or they just never traveled that far and they're a little nervous going by themselves. And that's totally understandable. Then I decided to create something, just put it out there and see how it goes. And that is my Mexico retreat. So I am hosting this on the weekend of November 11, 11, 11. And it's um, a retreat that's happening just outside of Tulum. 
this is going down Thursday, November 9th to to Sunday, November 12th. And this event is for just seven women. So this is an intimate space. And really what this work is about is bringing us together to create a coherent field to begin to access information from higher frequencies. When we're in our mind, when we're just talking about what we want, when we're brainstorming, so to speak, it can really be limited. And I know that I know that some people would disagree, but just bear with me here. It can be limited because that's based on what we can what we know and what we're conscious of. The work that I do and I want to do with my clients is always we're going beyond that. Let's gather. Let's do the ecstatic breath work. Let's do the meditations. Let's do this hypnotic work that opens us up to higher information, to new thoughts, new idea, something that you've never imagined before. A lot of women have been in my sessions, whether it's live or virtual, and they have totally brand new ideas come through, brand new insights, things that they never imagined, upgrades that come through because we are creating that field together. So if you're someone that's working on your business, this could be for you. If you're someone that's like, I'm trying to get clear on my purpose, my passions right now, I feel a little stuck, this could be for you. If you're someone that's like, I need to get the hell out of my house and get out of my daily routine and open myself up and get a little uncomfortable, this is also for you. And it's just such an easy trip. Like getting down to this area of Mexico is really easy. So Wednesday is the last day. Wednesday, September 20th is the last day to get early pricing and to save $400 on this retreat. So if you're feeling called to it, if you want to go and to spend a weekend with me, a long weekend, this is something that is for you. Reach out and we can discuss it. Now, the final thing I want to bring up is my book. My book is out. Well, the Kindle is out and something really interesting. I'm just going to call it interesting has happened with the paperback. I have been in communication with Kindle Publishing, KDP. And they are part of Amazon. And they're like, we don't know there's a technical difficulty in getting your paperback up. It's showing out of stock, but we know it's not out of stock. It is so interesting. So I'm just, you know, watching, keeping an eye. But I want to let you know that nevertheless, whether it's Kindle or paperback, back, which the paperback will be out any moment now. That's what I've been saying for like four days. We are doing a giveaway. And this giveaway is really important for many levels. The giveaway is something that everyone is going to get something from it because I'm giving everyone that participates access to an upcoming exclusive live guided virtual ceremony. The ceremony is called Set Yourself Free. It is designed to help you release emotion, any densities, to release information, energy from the unconscious mind that may be limiting you in business, in life, in clarity, in prosperity, and help you just create an opening for more good. There's a process I have for this. And as I was ending the summer, I actually wanted to host one of these things and charge for it. And I literally stopped in my tracks and said, no, I'm not going to sell this. I am going to give it away to the people that participate in buying my book and leaving a review. So here's how to win. 
Remember, everyone wins. And there's also three other gifts. Let me touch on those. Holy Wild. If you're not familiar with Holy Wild, Holy Wild is a beautiful company. I've been using their products for years. They have plant magic rituals. So whether it's candles with crystals and um, affirmations and spells, whether it is different sprays and anointing oils, they're just really beautiful things with different kinds of um, energies and qualities. So whether it's evoking abundance or uh, tapping into your radiance and beauty or peace and protection, there's so many different beautiful offerings that they make and they're all handmade with great intention. So three people are going to win gifts from Holy Wild, and I will be selecting those winners and sharing them after we do our ceremony. So here's the way to win. It's easy. There's just three simple steps. One, you buy the book, whether it's paperback or Kindle on Amazon. Two, you leave a review on Amazon. Now, here's what I want you to know. You're here. So in some way, shape or form, I know that my voice, my work, this it impacts you. And when I put this book out into the world, the way that it reaches more people is that I have people that take the time to leave a review. So your review means so much to me. So I just want to thank you in advance for taking the time to do that, whether you participate in this or whether you just buy the book in, you know, a year and a half from now, you happen to stumble across this and you leave your review. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It means so much. I'm one of those people that I leave reviews for people randomly, like just random things, whether it's Yelp or whatever, because I understand the power of a, of a good review. So it's kind of like my way of spreading love. But let's get back to this. So number one, you buy the book. Number two, you leave your review on Amazon. Take a screenshot of that review and send it to me. Email me, Nicole at NicoleSylvester.com, or you can send it on DM, Instagram, or Facebook, and that will also count. Now, here's the third thing that has to happen, though. You share it on social media. <clears throat> so whether you share it on your stories, whether you share it on your grid or on Facebook, whether you are talking about your coffee and the book is in the back, whatever it is, you are sharing the book and you tag me in it. You have to do these three things to participate. So I would love to have you participate. I would love to see you in the ceremony and I would love to send you a holy wild gift. So all of these things are possible and I'm going to have the final day that you can do this is exactly 10 days from now, the 29th. So you can do it all throughout the 29th, but this participation is closed after the end of day 29th because the 30th we have our live event. All right, my friend. So I feel like that is it. I want to get into this conversation with Susie. I can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. If you feel called to share it, share it on your socials, tag Susie and myself. All of the information that we talk about on this episode is linked below in the show notes. You can check it out. Make sure you follow Susie. Make sure you listen to this with an open heart. And I want to thank you for being a part of the evolving community. Until next time, enjoy the show. Susie, I'm so glad that you are joining me for this. We get to talk all the time, but this time we're going to share your magic, your conversation with the people of the community. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. So how would you describe yourself? <laughs> I mean, in terms of what you do, like when I tell people what you're doing, I'm like, 
She's an Airbnb expert. She helps people make money on Airbnb. Like I know people that have literally done your course and now they have two Airbnbs and they're making money and they're having, you know, all this is going on. But when you break it down to someone, what would you tell them? I help women start Airbnb arbitrage businesses, which means that basically they are renting properties to put on Airbnb and then basically start an Airbnb business out of someone else's home. I also teach investors. I also teach management, but I really focus on arbitrage and I've had all my students do all of the options. So that's what I tell people, but I do it all. I feel like that arbitrage piece is the important piece to bring up in this conversation. And it's like when most people, including myself, when I think about, oh, I want to start an Airbnb. First thing I think is, well, now I have to buy a property. (laughs) And I feel like that's a common thing for a lot of people that think about Airbnb. They associate it with owning real estate. So where did you find out about this little loophole? (laughs) Because I didn't know about it until I started becoming friends with you. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, you have a whole gang of people that have been doing this. And some of them are making six figures a year. Some of them, it's a side hustle. Some of them, it's what they do full time. So yeah, tell us about how you discovered this. Well, when I discovered this, uh, there was not any Airbnb mentors. Actually, most people didn't even know what Airbnb was. This was back in 2016. And it's so crazy to think that people didn't know what Airbnb was back then, but it didn't really start blowing up until COVID. So anyways, how I found this was I was just dying to quit my job. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I knew that I really had to change something in order to really change my life. I was in the restaurant industry making pretty good money in back in 2015 and 16. And I was pretty dependent on that money. And it was really hard to try other things because I was just still in that mentality that where is it going to come from? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what came over me, but I decided with a little uh, self-development podcast binging that I was going to be done with the restaurant industry. And I basically quit all of my five jobs in one week. I had a little bit of savings, um, but Mainly, I just wanted to give myself the space to try something out, to have new ideas. And so that is what I did. I was also a very avid traveler, mostly of the backpacking slash hostel staying kind. And so before I really went all in on something else, I decided I was going to take the token trip to Bali, you know, and find myself. So I go to Bali, I join a cooking class, and I sat next to an older couple who was traveling the world. And I was so desperate back then. And I mean, you know, my personality, it's just kind of like, I'm going to just ask you the questions. <laughs> so I, I, I sat next to this really, um, you could tell they had a lot of money. They were traveling the world. And 
I just asked them, what did you do in your life that you are able to now do whatever you want? And so basically they said, well, we did a lot of things, but we have a short-term rental in Hawaii that we rent out nine months of year, nine months of the year. And we live in the other three and we profit after taxes, $210,000. Now, back then, $210,000 was basically $22 million to me. And when they said that, I was like, what did you say? (laughs) And uh, I knew about short-term rentals. I didn't know that language, but... I was an avid traveler, so I have actually been staying in Airbnb since 2012. And my friend and I, the first time we stayed in an Airbnb was in Italy, and we were just Googling cheap places, and we actually thought it was a scam, but then we rented it, and it wasn't, and that's how I learned about it. So I knew what they were talking about. I think they were on VRBO, um, but regardless... I was like, oh my God, you can make that kind of money from Airbnb. And so I drilled them for the rest of that cooking class. And without even thinking about having to own the property, that wasn't going through my mind. All that was going through my mind was, how can I not go under? How can I not go back to a job? How can I not have to use all my savings at the end of the month? That I got the information, I went home, and I, this was before the days of regulations, before the days of, you know, the leases saying you couldn't do this, you know, this is really back in the day. And I threw my little studio apartment up on Airbnb, and I made, I booked out a weekend, and I made $500, and literally did nothing, and I was jaw dropped, <laughs> like, how did I just make $500? Cause I was, I was a server. I was a bartender. So, you know, I was making like a thousand dollars a week, but I was working 60 plus hours to make that money. So when I got this $500 payout, life was changed like that. I went into my house after that, packed my bags, moved into my parents' house and threw that thing up. And that year I made $50,000. Only that that couple knew the impact they had on your life at that cooking class. I know. I wish I would have got their contact because they really don't know that I talk about them all the time. (laughs) Yeah, but I love that. And it just goes to show, like, we should ask questions. Like, why not? You never know. Like, some people will share things and it could be like a little nugget of information that just sets you on a journey. You know what is the craziest part? Because exactly what you said, we all have things that we want. We have no idea how they're going to come into our existence. And I think getting curious is literally the way because what I left out of that story was after I quit my job, I was on the internet scouring for how to make money without trading time. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was looking at eBay. I was looking at all these Amazon, all these different ways. And all of them were like, okay, if I do that, I'll make $10. And I was like, no, I need money. I need to replace my income. And so I was obsessed with trying to find something and I manifested that. Yeah. 
And I, I love how you, you pointed that out because it's so true. Some people think, well, if I do this, then I just do the course and then someone will tell me. It's like, that's part of it. But it's like all of these components are working with us. And you followed your heart to Bali. You had that courage to ask the people next to you, like, hey, what do you do? And I love that they even told you they're profit. <laughs> it just got your mind going. You're like, what? Okay. So yeah. going back, that's 2016. I will say I did not stay in an Airbnb until 2018. And at that time I heard about it. The first time I booked it, funny enough, was a villa for my Bali retreat. And I, I was just like, that was my only experience of it. But going back to 2016, you're saying that there were no regulations. You just put it out. How long did you go with that studio and where you were like smooth sailing? Is it still unregulated or what, what's the situation with that particular studio? Is that the one you still have in Seattle? No, that was something I was renting and just living in. And I got away with it for two, I think two years. And then by 2018, people were finding out about Airbnb and one of my guests had gone into the office and then they warned me that I couldn't be, that I shouldn't be doing that. And then I kept doing it <laughs> and um, I almost got evicted. So I do not ever recommend anybody just throwing anything up. In fact, like, it's just, that was a lot of stress and anxiety in itself. But um, yeah, they let me out of my lease because I was like, sorry, I, I I think I lied to them. I told them I bought a place and I was just doing whatever I could to make ends meet. <laughs> and anyways, to make a long story short, they let me out of my lease and I got out of that one. And the, the funny thing is when I was doing that for two years or a year and a half-ish, I didn't even think about it as a business. I was just trying to make ends meet because I really wanted to do online business. I had no clue what I was going to do. That's why I was traveling a lot. I wanted to start a travel blog and I never thought to get another unit. Yeah. And then when they, when they evicted me, I was, or not evicted me, when they almost evicted me, <laughs> um, that is when my brain started going because I was still not making money in online business. I still didn't even know how to make money. And 2018 was when I actually got my first business coach who told me, why don't you teach people how to Airbnb? Because everyone wanted to know how I was traveling around the world. And that was because I had the freedom and the money from that one unit. So that is really how it all started. Then, you know, the universe and our destiny, you know, went, went into play. And um, I went to South Africa um, right after that whole thing with the, the apartment. And I had to hire someone to basically babysit my Airbnb. And I found this manager, there weren't even managers back then, but I found this manager who was doing the same thing I was. He met me, he watched my place when I was gone. And when I came back, he actually asked me to work for him because I knew way more than he knew because he was brand new because everybody was brand new. And I said, no. And anyways, I said, I will work with you. You are not going to be my boss because that's what I just got away from. We joined uh, teams and he's the one that taught me all of the uh, ways in which we can predict revenue. He taught me the data. He taught me all the numbers and the things that I would have never even known existed if it wasn't for him. So then I joined him. Then I started 
eight more. I basically helped him run his and gained all my experience. When it blew up, everyone wanted to know how, and I was basically the most seasoned person out there. So I spoke to investors and I've you know, spoken on stages at real estate conferences and things like that. So it pretty much just domino effect affected into my current life. Of course, I have my coaching program that turned into a course. And now it's more than a course. It's a program where, you know, it's a self-study course. And then I coach in my group and on calls and things like that. So yeah, Airbnb like started as this thing that I found doing the thing that I loved doing, you know, traveling was my hobby. Traveling was my passion. And I just followed that. I didn't know what that was going to look like. And it just turns out I found the answer to my life. (laughs) I love that. I love even, uh, this is just points out for anybody listening. When you're looking for the answers, you'll find them in crazy ways. Like you just demonstrated two different things where it's like you were you were looking for ways to make money online. You were Googling, then you meet the couple and then you meet this guy and it's like this partnership. And even in my journey, I've had different things like that, but it's, it involves us being curious. It involves us giving things a go, doing things that don't even look like they're going to lead to your answers sometimes, but it's yeah. like following those little nudges and being adventurous and open. We end up meeting people that were like, oh my gosh, I was meant to meet you. I was meant to learn this. I was meant to find this out. And it's like, that's the power of staying open and going beyond what, how we think it's going to go. So I just love those kind of stories. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And one other thing that I want to add is that, you know, when I was learning online business, I had nothing to teach anyone. And um, I took Shalene Johnson's, you know, um, Marketing Impact Academy. And I tried to become a food blogger. <laughs> I I did like food. It you know, it was a semi-passion, but when I would go to make content and stuff, I just resisted it. I didn't like it. I really wasn't good at food pictures and things like that. And I remember I there was a day where I asked myself, and this was probably the first time I've ever really listened to a voice inside because at, up until that point, I was not doing that. I was not taught that. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I, w- I just asked myself, like, Shalene says that you should follow your passion. So what is your passion? And I just said, travel. I have no idea how I'll make money from travel, but something inside told me, use your savings and go do the thing you love. And that's what I did. And that's how I found everything. Yeah. I love that. And how funny that you thought, I don't know how what I'm going to create. And I think that's a... That's a thing with people in business. And I'm sure you see this because you have clients that are, you know, they're doing Airbnb as a side hustle. They have other businesses and they want to make money online. And it's like, you think, well, I see people doing this, but I don't have anything to teach. Yeah. Meanwhile, (laughs) you were doing it already. You just didn't know, like, this is something that could be profitable and I can bring this forth. What has that been like for you deciding well, I do know this and I'm using it for my benefit. And this is how I live. And this is how I travel to like other people need to know this. And I can have a very profitable business off of this. I feel like that's a transition in a mindset that has to change. It was a process. (laughs) So um, 
I, I didn't think that it was something anybody would want to learn. And that business coach that I had, she, she saw me making money. Cause that's how, that's the money I was living off of. And she, I didn't, I basically came to her and said, I don't know what I'm going to teach. This is what I do. I travel, I whatever, but I don't know how to start a blog. I don't. And she was like, why don't you teach Airbnb? And I'm like, who the hell would want to learn that? It's so easy. It's so dumb, whatever. And she was like, me. (laughs) She was like, I want to learn how to Airbnb. That sounds amazing. And I was like, what the hell? So she helped me put together a package. And then at the same time, another influencer that I met like in a MLM because I didn't know how I was going to make money. So I just joined everything. And I met this woman in an MLM and she was like, I want to have you on my Facebook show. And I'm like, okay, what, what do you want to talk about me traveling or, you know, she was like, no, Airbnb. I was like, okay. So that's when I went back to my business coach and we put together this package. It's basically what I teach now, but it was like a private you know, one-on-one thing. And it was the first time I had ever done anything in front of anybody. And I got on her show and told my story and then sold my little package. And in that one hour, I made $10,000. Wow. (laughs) Cold audience. Nobody knew me, but people are obsessed with Airbnb. So after that, it was like very, very apparent that that's what people wanted. And I slowly came to terms with, okay, people actually want this. And then, you know, I went bigger and bigger with it, but I had those same thoughts and it was mainly that I just didn't trust myself. And I, I didn't think that I was smart enough to have anything worth value. And I thought that Airbnb was just like my little stupid side hustle. No one was going to like it or respect it. Not even knowing that I just basically hit the freaking freedom jackpot. (laughs) Well, I want to point out what you said though, when you first brought it up, you said it's so easy. I think this is the thing that I want everyone to hear is we have this, this thing of like, whatever comes natural to us, whatever we already have figured out, it feels like everyone knows it. Who yeah. needs to know that? Like, this is just common knowledge and it's not. And I think that's just to, to like point out for everyone that's listening, they say that your greatest gifts are like what's, it's hard for you to see. And that's why sometimes as you had a coach that pointed it out to you, other people can see and be like, oh my God, don't you see this value that you have? And we're like, what that? No, I gotta go look, I gotta go find, I'm figuring it out still. And it's like, we could have it all along. So I love how that transition. So when, what, what year was that? Then you sold on that live audience and decided to move it forward. That was 2018. Okay. So 2018. And then you said in the pandemic, things really picked up. Is that the B&B method or tell us about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, in 2020, after the whole thing went down, (laughs) um, that is when I think people really wanted other ways to make money. People had money. They wanted to invest. And Airbnb just got more popular. The interest rates were low. So investors were like, how do I make more money on this? And 
um, the bigger influencers, bigger re- real estate influencers had caught on like bigger pockets and whatever. And so they started teaching and whatever. So a lot more people really started to learn about it. And in 2021, is when I launched my course and it's just been wildly popular ever since. Yeah. I love that. I was staying with Susie for a few days and she had one of her, I think it was, I think it was a call, a live call for your method, mm-hmm. but all the questions that everyone was asking about their, what they're doing, how they're pricing their units, what, like all these things. I was like, there's so much going on with Airbnb. It's interesting. And yeah. I know that there's a lot of people that are interested. I think there's there's a what's it's like there's an intrigue about Airbnb. It's an opportunity to make money selling something, having people like we most of us like to travel. We like yeah. to go places. So it's like, what would I do? How would I set it up? What would it what would work? I do know people that their Airbnb didn't work. And then I know people where it's been like radically successful. What yeah. do you think is the factor in that? Because you've you've yeah studied and you've um, not only that, but you've helped people create results. What do you think is that little zhuzh that somebody Yeah, Nowadays, that's a great question because there's so much chatter about Airbnb, you know, going under and it's totally oversaturated. But I will tell you that I've had one day empty since May in Seattle. Um, And the difference is that Number one, this is so easy. Airbnb is so, so, so easy. But I think that a lot of people don't understand that it is still a business. So you can't just rent something or buy something, throw it up, throw some crappy Ikea furniture in there and expect to make a certain amount of money. It just doesn't work like that anymore. Now, with that said, it used to work like that. It, you could literally, I remember seeing pictures of beds in, in the listings that were like unmade and wrinkled. And I was just like, what the hell? But everything worked because there was no supply. So now that more people have found out about it, uh, there, there, it has to be treated like a business. You have to look at what other people are doing and be on par or better. You cannot just go to Ikea and buy, you know, the most generic cheap crap and expect to book over someone that has nice furniture or good style or whatever. Also, reviews are taken into account. Amenities are taken into account. So I think that when people don't do well, they didn't, they didn't do some things, you know, they they may not have checked the, the numbers for that area. They may not have understood that we can't just rely on AirDNA's numbers, which is a a company that basically uh, puts out all the data for short-term rentals. We can't just rely on those things. We have to look further into it. We have to know what is our competition. We have to be on par with that competition. And our energy about it, I mean, it needs attention. Like, it's like anything else. Like, if you don't pay attention, if you don't make your place nice and give it love, it's probably not going to book. Yeah. I feel like with this, with the person that's coming to mind, uh, even just thinking about they purchased they did it in Tahoe, which is a great place. Like you would think Tahoe's great, yeah. but the place that they, the HOA had a bunch of regulations that made it like 
Like I yeah. even thought of booking her place, but then my dogs couldn't go. So there's mm-hmm. just like little things. Um, who knows? But I think that when I think about the arbitrage, it's like, well, that's, I'm not paying a hundred thousand dollars to get into a home and then yeah. put something on there and looking for a profit. It's like, um, and you know, I'm thinking California real estate, but other places you can probably put $20,000 down and get into a home. <laughs> but when exactly. there's, there's getting into a home and buying, there's a lot of upfront costs. So if you're looking for Airbnb yeah. to be a turnaround, it might yeah. not be there, but if you're doing a rental and doing an arbitrage, I feel like there's a quicker, I, there's a quicker cash return. It could, it seems like just there's a much, it. there's a much quicker tax return and it probably cash with the return. cash return. Cash return. What I just say, tax return, cash return. There's a much bigger cash return, but also it probably with your friend, it probably, it it sounds like they just maybe didn't take into account um, a lot of costs. And a lot of people think that they can get certain amounts, but then you have HOA rules. If you can't have dogs, you can't charge this much. And so there's a lot of nuance there. Yeah. There's a lot of things. So tell, tell us how, your program, because I know your program is like designed to mentor and deliver all of these small details that the average person is just not going to think about when they go into this journey. Yep. Yeah. So basically I'm breaking down all of this teaching, what to look for, what you need to have, how to know how much that you will make approximately in a certain range based on data, based on your own research, based on, you know, surrounding amenities and things like that. And that number should be decently accurate. So we we talk a lot about numbers and data, but we also help with pricing strategies. That's another thing people get lost about, you know, they don't know how much to charge and then they put something up and maybe it's $5 too much. And then they don't book and they think it's their place, but really it's just because it's like $5 too much, you know? So there is like all of these small nuances. And that is why I didn't want to just put out a course because I knew there were going to be so many questions, which is why it's more of a program where me and other coaches are basically coaching in my group every day. We have calls, things like that. So if you're getting stuck, if your place is not booking, like we are looking at it, we are looking at your numbers beforehand and giving our opinions and things like that. So I do think it is a really valuable program for anybody that is wanting to do this. Yeah. And I would agree, like anything that we're going to do that we're not ourselves very familiar with, Mm -hmm. it's like putting that money into a program where someone's available to answer questions is priceless because it could just save you thousands of dollars forever. It could save you having that property actually work. Like I was wondering, I was like, wonder if my one person, if she took your course, if that would have changed the outcome, like, you know, it's just interesting. But I think that it's just good to have support. And we know when we want support, we know when that's, that's something that's there. Speaking of support, like you have your Airbnb business, but it's also an online business. So just like someone selling courses on how to organize a home or how to uh, parent better or how to make more money. You have figured out the online business aspect. Yep. Now you've coached other people. I mean, you have a mastermind with other people that do all sorts of things. I'm curious, what would you say have been your like major things? Let's say like two or three things that have really made that click in place for you. 
I mean, we know that it's multidimensional, complex, there's so many things, but I'm curious just for anyone listening, like what would you attribute your success to if it were just like two or three things that really moved the needle for you? In all the businesses or? I'd say like online business, but I mean, it's all together, but like somebody might be like, well, I don't have an Airbnb business. There's a lot of people in my world that have some sort of online business, whether it's coaching, they have an Etsy shop, there's something going on. Yeah, I think truly it's all the same thing um, because I do run two businesses and there's not much difference in, in the areas that make things work, which number one, mentorship, like it is jaw dropping to me when people think they can start a business and not get any guidance, like jaw dropping, because I've gotten so much guidance and I am not perfect. I still struggle at times and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the mentorship has been number one for me, along with energy work and just all of the spiritual type of work that I do with myself so that I can get clear about what's going on in my mind and how, you know, how old past narratives are stopping me or slowing me down or blocking me altogether. Um, You know, that kind of work, me and Nicole are both in our BCL program, which is totally energy work. So I'm doing actual physical body work as well. Um, And I would say that the most important things are probably those three things, meditation and my own spiritual practices, actual body work, physical work, whatever that be for anybody, breath work, energy work, whatever. And then really just guidance on the, on the business side um, and, uh, hard work, yeah. a lot of hard work. <laughs> and I like that you point the last one out because I think that what sells online is people selling, like, it's easy, Let like, let it be easy. And I think that there's this like dance. I know there is for me, like even me, I'm in that right now where I'm like, let me just chill out and just allow, let me allow things to come through. But soon as I'm clear, shit's going in, I'm, I'm going into action <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to be driving that thing home. Yeah. But there's just like knowing of, we don't have to force and push when something's not clear. It doesn't mean we're supposed to force and push our way through life, but like building is building. And if we've never built a business and if something's new and we're taking ourselves to new spaces, there's this level of like, this feels hard. Yeah. Like I'm stretching. And I feel like I want to share that because there is like this, there's a paradox. Like some people will be like, but isn't it easy? And aren't we allowing life is very paradoxical. (laughs) So I like that you pointed that out because I know that you're not living a hard life, but I know that you work hard. Now. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think like you were living a hard life. Like, you know, even if we go back to 2018 when you're traveling and doing all the things, maybe it felt hard, but like to someone that's like, grinding at a at a job where they have to give you know 50 hours a week and then come home and take care of their kids and they're not doing anything that they enjoy and that lights them up that to me is hard yeah and I was living that life for 34 years and and also like just to note at times things do feel so easy they feel so flowy I'm just making singles all over the 
place. But first of all, not before the years of 2016 to 2020, when it was not easy for me to get here. My story sounded like, oh, you just fell into Airbnb and then people just wanted your stuff. But that was not before the years of facing myself and literally changing everything about me, changing my dynamics and my family, fighting with my family, like literally having to deal with everything I didn't want to deal with my whole entire life in the matter of about four years when changing my life. And so we left that out of the story. But then it got easier in 2020 and things started working and, and I still had to effort, but like, you know, less and whatever, but there is going to be times when it's harder. There's going to be times when it's easier, but in the beginning, I think it's really important to note that you're changing who you're being, you're changing who you are, and that's going to be the hardest time of, I think, everything. Mm. I think that's such a good point because I know for me, like mine wasn't, I think our journeys are different in the sense that you had those two years where you're like, that felt hard. I had a year that felt really hard, like 18 months. And then it went really great. And then I had another hard year and I was like, what the hell's happening? And then it was like really expanded again. And then I'm like, what the hell's happening again? <laughs> so I was like times where it's like big transformation. But in those times, I think that this is what transformation is. And I think that this is just for anyone who's listening. It's like, when we're really signing up for transformation, we have to feel like, what does that even mean? It means things are going to change. And it means that like our character is going to change and characters and roles around us are going to change. And if we, we can't expect to stay the same. So it's like really, and I think that's why we're friends is we'll both flow with those things and be like, oh, where's life guiding me? What is this asking me to do? What kind of conversation is this happening? inviting me to have with myself or with other people and like doing those hard things, it really makes life softer. Yes. And I think you said it and because we, uh, we both had a hard year or whatever and (laughs) (laughs) a little more than a year, but (laughs) but I think there's something to note with that is that even though I, you know, am in another transformation and that's why it's hard. It's not like the first time because of what you just said, because the first time I was, I I had never changed before. So I was like, <laughs> am I dying? What's happening? I was like resisting. Like I would, it felt like I was walking in a hurricane, like everything coming this way. And I was just trying to push past that. And it was painful. And there were moments that I wanted to run and I wanted to quit. But now it's like, oh, I know that I know how this goes. Yeah, it'll be better <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> like, it's going to upgrade like this. Yeah. Let's, let's just, you know, do what we need to do right now. And it'll be better on the other side. Yeah. That's that's a point that I would love everyone to like, just hear it and feel it. Cause there might be something in your life that life is like showing you it's time to let go. Like it's let it go. Whether it's a person, it's a way that you work. It's a way that you talk to yourself. It's a way that you've always known life to be. And if you keep getting a signal that this ain't it, like this is not the thing anymore. This is pulling me down more than it's lifting me up or it's time to just speak my truth in this matter. 
It can be the most scariest thing and you might even shake. You might have to voice note a friend. Sometimes Susie and I do that. We're like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, like that's what it is to have friends that are actually living in that arena. And that's why I think that to me is one of the most important things. And yeah. you really need those people by investing in yourself and going into programs, going on retreats. Okay. So doing it scared, it literally changes your life. And sometimes doing it scared isn't making the big investment like everyone talks about online. Sometimes doing it scared is like leaving that thing behind, leaving that way of being behind and just loving yourself until you integrate. And it feels like this is who I am now. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that, yeah, like mentorship has been like one of the greatest things for me. But when I started doing what you just said, I didn't I didn't pay for anything. I just decided I quit that job and the quitting of the job was telling the universe we are done here and we are moving on. And that was hard and scary. I had no one to, I had no peers. I had no one to tell. No one understood what the hell I was doing. And I did it scared. I did it anyways, because my intuition said, go this way So, but yes, it's so much easier with people. (laughs) It's so much easier with friends. It's easier with friends. It gets easier when there's other people that live that way. Cause you're like, okay, this is just what we do. We trust ourselves. We move forward. We walk through the fire and we know on the other side, there's going to be something. And if you feel like you don't have those friends right now, listen to us. We're your friends from afar. (laughs) Like we're reminding you to, to just do it. Cause there's just some sort of expansion on the other side of those intensities And it's just, it's, it's interesting. I want to ask some of these questions. It's going to take a little bit back into Airbnb mode. (laughs) So let's see what we have here from the community. Okay. So Susie, do you recommend local Airbnb management or remote? Do you prefer one over the other? Um, Well, if you, so if this means that, somebody wants to hire management, maybe for an investment property, I would always go local. If this means I want to be a manager and um, should I do it from afar or local, I will always say everything local because again, you have to be present, you know, and if you're hiring a manager, they need to be present. This isn't a, this isn't a thing where you will never go into the property ever again. It is quite passive for both a management company or if you're doing it yourself, but there still is an element of keeping your places in check, checking up on your cleaners, making sure the home is intact, making sure the home is clean. So there's just no way to do that from afar unless you're hiring people. And I've lived away from, I've lived across the country from my Airbnbs for three years now. And on the third year, I decided to hire a management company because, which is one of my students, because it was just too anxiety provoking for me, not being able to just go there and check on things. So local. Local. Okay. And then what backend systems and platforms do you recommend when managing multiple properties? So nobody should be doing any kind of um, like taking on platforms um, to manage things until they have 
10 properties. My management expert that runs our management portion, she is just now looking into things. And I think she has 12 or 13 properties. So you really don't want to have to pay fees for um, platforms that you really just don't need with one to 10 properties, except for price labs, I always recommend Price Labs. However, you have to learn how to use it. So don't attempt to use it unless you're ready to put some time and effort into understanding how it works because it's not a set it and forget it thing. So my answer is you don't need any until you have a lot of experience and learn Price Labs. Keep it simple. <clears throat> Are there services you wouldn't offer with short-term rental property management? Um. I think with short-term rental management, you have to kind of pick your niche because if you are um, managing smaller properties, uh, the, the, the services or the things that need done probably look very different than a luxury big property. So if you are wanting to get into management, I would say pick a niche and go all in on that. Our management expert is doing luxury properties. She likes it. Bigger bang for your buck. People have lots of money. They don't really contact her as much, things like that. So, so yeah, that's probably what I would recommend, but just stick to one niche. Okay. And if anyone's listening, I need more retreat properties. <laughs> Somebody create more retreat properties like that are specialized towards retreats. Like, so true. Where six people could come and have beds that look the same, similar, like together, not, you know, yeah. Um, the other thing is thoughts on regulations. I know that there's been recent regulation shifts and um, any thoughts, conversation around Airbnb regulations and changes there. Yeah. So I think the thing that people don't understand is that regulations are a good thing. If there's too many Airbnbs in the marketplace, you're not going to make any money. So what they're probably referring to is the New York situation. New York has been regulated, highly regulated since I started Airbnb in 2016. It was just not enforced. So people are upset because they have to shut down their Airbnbs, but they knew about the regulations for almost a decade (laughs) and they're just pissed because they, I'm sure, made a lot of money. So that situation is far and few because they have to regulate New York. They have to regulate San Francisco, Santa Monica, some of these little beach towns. Otherwise, the whole entire city is going to be Airbnb because- it's New York. It's San Francisco. Is it Manhattan that they're doing that in? Or is it like New York, the boroughs? Um, New York City I think kind of thing? Or is it New York I, City? I, I think it's most of New York City. I couldn't tell you exactly which, you know, places, but it's a good majority of the city city. It's not outside of the city. The outside of the city has different regulations, but in the downtown area, um, you're not allowed to have a unit that... Um, houses people for less than I think 30 days or something yeah okay yeah or they have to be present or they have to be present which is far and few because this is a business to most people so so yeah so on the one hand um these bigger cities I don't know where else it's like that not many places New York San Francisco you know I know Santa Monica there are just some places that are highly regulated 
Now, the other side of regulations is actually a really good thing because we are seeing that, and it's kind of common sense, that in cities that are regulated, you just make so much more money. So in Chicago, they have some hardcore res- uh, uh, regulations. regulations and um, different in every single part of the city. So it's not just, you know, Chicago. It's every little um, nook and cranny in Chicago has different regulations. Now, I have two students there who have basically gotten around the system, have gotten their permits, and were literally profiting on one three-bedroom property, like 10K this summer. So they're making bank there because whenever somebody sees a hoop to jump through, it probably deters 95% of people. So so with that said, um, Seattle has regulations. Like... There's a way to jump through the hoop, but you just have to figure it out. 100%. And Seattle has regulations as well. And I am so thankful because can I have less in some, or do I have to have less in some areas? Yes. But if, if they didn't have those regulations in place, it would just be a shit show because Seattle is so busy and stuff. So contrary to popular belief, we actually like regulations if, um, if, uh, a city is going to do what New York City does. You're going to know it in advance, number one. But number two, probably very few cities will follow suit because Airbnb brings them money. Hotel lobbyists in New York were probably at the forefront of that whole thing, you know, not wanting them there. So regulations are good. Jump through the damn hoop because on the other side, there is especially a lot of money. Yeah. And if in that case, it's I didn't know much about it. Um, but if it was already there, but no one was paying attention, and then all of a sudden they decided to enforce it, it's like that's not really something that's popping out of the blue. But I would yeah. also say, like for this, since I got into the coaching industry, which was like 2015, people have been saying the coaching industry is going to be regulated, it needs to be regulated, da da da. Yeah, maybe it does. I don't know, but I would say that's not a reason not to do something. It's just something to take note of. And, you know, it's just people are always talking. (laughs) So I would say, like, it's good to get informed, educated, and find out what you want to do. The other thing is, I would say, when we're starting a business, it's like, do something that really is because it calls you and lights you up. Yeah. If doing this is exciting to you and you've been talking about it with your partner, maybe you've just been thinking about it for a while and this excites you more, then it's like, I would say trust that. That's the way that like our spirit is talking to us. If you're someone that had no idea of doing this and you're like, well, I think this will be a good way to make money. Let me give it a go. Maybe it's not for you, but it's like learning to trust that and not get so um, afraid of these external voices and things that are happening. Because people have been saying things about Airbnb for for as long as I've known about it. And people have been saying that about the coaching industry. Both are crazy profitable. And like exciting to get into if you're called to it. 100%. And just a note, because I think you said it well, like the regulations thing is such a great excuse for people. But my students who live in cities that are regulated, 
they find areas, they jump through hoops, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And just know that if you live in like a New York City or something um, where there are harsh regulations, just go outside of the city. Most of my Airbnbs have been like 25 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes outside of Seattle. They are booked completely full because people you know, drive to Airbnbs, they want to save money, they want a kitchen. It's just not the it's not the same as like, you know, a hotel or something. So where there's a will, there's a way. If it's calling to you, then it's for you. That's what I think. Tell us about your uh class because you have a free class that you offer and I see you sharing it online. I know one of my my former um assistant who is also my friend, she's taken it and she enjoyed oh. it. So, you know, um I feel yeah. like um, people on, on here could definitely, if you're called to this and learning more, I would suggest a class, but tell us about it and we'll link it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah, so basically um, it's three days of information on the Airbnb arbitrage mo- model. If you're wondering, you know, what's the difference between the different methods? If you want to know why landlords would even say yes to you anyways, what locations are profitable, what is actually going on in the economy and all that kind of stuff. And really just how to get started or what, what to do if you're really interested, what's like the first step. That is that training. It's again, three days. It's packed full of information. And I think whoever watches that, when you get to the end, you're going to know if you you want to do it or not. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And it's free. So it's like, if you're curious and if this has sparked anything for you, check it out. If you know someone in your family or, you know, friend circle that's been talking about Airbnb, send it to them. This will be a great um, idea would be something to let them know, like, should I move into this or not? And the arbitrage, a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. And it's actually the best model because, because before you go and buy a property for Airbnb, you should test it out. Make sure that's what you want to do. Make sure that's where you want to put a huge chunk of, of money because arbitrage is like starting a business for like basically nothing. (laughs) You know, it's like first deposit furniture, like, Starting a business is very expensive, and that's just a very inexpensive way to create immediate cash flow. Yeah, and it's funny because where where I lived in uh, Marina del Rey, there was people that had Airbnbs everywhere. I actually got an Airbnb in Marina del Rey, and it was supposed to be one place, and then they sent me to this other place. I'm like, wait, in this apartment? Like, they're everywhere. Yeah, and those people are arbitraging because it's not it's not something you can purchase the rentals. So it's just surprising how they're everywhere. And there's a reason it's because people are making money off of it and it's something you can do. So the final thing I want to ask you is what is getting you excited in this season? We're moving towards the end of 2023, moving into 2024 soon. What are the things that excite you? It could be personal business, anything. Um, I, so (laughs) Speaking of hard year, I rearranged all of my, um, all of my programs and things to basically make more space. And since I've started my businesses, I haven't had a whole lot of space (laughs) because it just, you know, it's a lot of efforting at first. So I'm just going into a space where I'm just 
um, teaching my one program. And I'm really excited about that because it just gives me more time to be able to explore how much I've grown over the past couple years and to see where I want to go, what I want to do, you know, how I want to show up in the world next while running such a badass program. And I I haven't traveled in like four years and I really want to plan some cool trips and just enjoy uh, kind of relaxing a little bit for the first time in seven years. <laughs> So I don't know. I'm not really sure what's coming out of, you know, all the growth that I've had, but I do have just a greater sense of relaxation, peace, and uh, excitement for living in the moment again. I love that. Um, I know we have some trips planned. It's funny, Susie says, I haven't traveled in all these years. Meanwhile, I've been with Susie at Marco Island for Joe Dispenza Cabo. <laughs> We've been to, um, I don't know, wherever else BCL has taken us. That's but, not, but that's I not. Know, I know what you're saying. You're like, I'm going to, we're talking about going to Mexico City and having a girls trip. But like, <laughs> it's just funny how her no travel is like, I'm thinking of all these places we've been together. Africa. <laughs> but these are also for growth. But I want to point this out because you all know, as I have the Bali retreat coming up, um, and retreats just excite me. You meet the best people investing in yourself and going places. Susie yeah. and I met like in passing at a friend's barbecue, but we didn't connect there. We ended up being at Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat together. Um, and then she ended up coming into BCL and then that's where we really like clicked. I feel like if anyone's in BCL, it's just such an experience. You're close with everybody. You can, you can just drop in with them because there's, there's no armor there. But I think that's the important thing I want to share about retreats. If there's anybody out there that's like, I want friends that I can drop in like this with. I want friends that talk about these things. You've got to be willing to get uncomfortable for a little bit. Do the things that you might be like, oh my God, this is going to be uncomfortable. Like I recently joined a hiking club (laughs) because I was like, I want to go hiking and I don't always want to drag my daughter and my friends might not want to go, you know, in a random time. So I was like, let me join. And I'm looking at the hikes. I'm like, I just got to go to this damn hike. Like it's going to be awkward. I feel like, you know, like just randomly, but you just got to put yourself out there and do the things. So I want to leave people with that note too, is like, I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed and that we have found each other in that way but like you meet people by going to the things not by just watching everything online and it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable at first like a new kid at school I want to say that I totally agree and um so before I really went big with the Airbnb teaching I attracted a lot of travel people and I have helped I don't know many women start group travel companies and retreats and I've had my own retreats and I have just watched and been a part of um, watching so many women that didn't have their people come together, become friends, all of my past clients that did that, then they sent me, you know, their people because they wanted to start Airbnb. So I know their stories firsthand and those trips and those retreats absolutely change their entire world. So I think there is nothing better than to go to either live events or retreats so that you can really get in 
on an immersive experience, not hiding behind the computer screen like we all like to do. So I'm not saying I don't like to do it either. But it's nice to have, but like you don't want to stay there. It's it's uncomfortable, but like I just have seen so much reward across the board from women really showing up to things like this. So Bali is where I found my answer. Maybe you can find yours there too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I actually just will say on this note is how you found your people in Bali. That kind of I that happened to me in Fiji. I manifested a trip to Fiji. It was so crazy. I did not have the money to go to Fiji. I manifested this trip. The trip itself was frustrating in the beginning. It was a Tony Robbins event. And I really was like hating it at first because that was not my vibe. I wanted to like meditate and be silent on the beach. And if you know anything about Tony Robbins is active, (laughs) but there was something, I did the same thing. I just saw these young people like early twenties that were, I'm like, how do you afford? I can't afford to be here. How did you afford to be here? And they're like, I have a website and I make this money. And I was like, this guy's 25 making this much money that he's just walking and reflecting on life at a beach in Fiji. How? And when I went back, I was like, I'm going to start my website. And I did. I like had wow. someone build it. I figured it out because I had been talking about it for a while. And yeah. I think that's the importance of like getting out of your freaking comfort zone, asking questions, look what other people are doing. It doesn't mean it's your thing, but just give it a go. It might not be forever. The way that I built my website and what my business was then is not what it is now, but we have to just do the damn thing. So anyway, Susie, you're inspiring human. I love you. I'm grateful that we're friends. I'm grateful that you came on here and shared this. Um, we're going to drop that class down in the show notes. And I think you were talking about a podcast. This might be putting you in pressure, but I saw you put it on your Instagram stories. Are you thinking about doing one? Yes, I am going to do one. It's been in the works for a while now, and um, it probably won't realistically um, be out until after um, New Year's. But yeah, I want to I want to tell all these little stories and all of the crazy things that have happened in the last seven years. And that's really what it's going to be about. Just normalizing pretty much everything we talked about today. <laughs> you know, just, this I is all normal. <laughs> need more podcasts. Actually, there's so many podcasts, but like I go through my list and I'm like, I need more. Like I, I want something else. Sometimes I want something juicy. I don't want to listen to personal yeah. development. Sometimes I want to listen to personal development. Sometimes yeah. I listen to people's birth stories. I'm like, why am I listening to this shit? Am I having a baby? Is it for my grandchild? I don't know. Like, but it's just like I'm driving on road trips and I'm, you know, I love road trips. So I'm driving for a long time. I'm like, don't want to listen to five tips to something. Like, yeah. you know, so in, and not to say that that's bad. It's just that variety. I think that there's, For anybody that's listening, that's like, there's so many podcasts. No, there's not. Like, it's okay. Put your voice out there. So anyway, Susie, thank you so much. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And I know that everyone's going to enjoy this show.